1: This episode of Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations, the podcast, is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. Now, Nicole, you know we have long days. I'm always up late between events, homework, research for the podcast, and editing. Midnights are my best friend. When I'm up late and I feel like my navel is touching my spine... I go to McDonald's. I get a fish filet with cheese, hold the tartar, add the ketchup, and perfection. You can't go to McDonald's and not get the fries. Fish filet and fries, the perfect late night snack. When I need an early morning pick-me-up, I'll turn around and go right back to McDonald's for breakfast. Two hash browns, medium coffee, and an OJ. McDonald's has got me covered late nights and early mornings and i'm loving it this episode of oh that's deep black women conversations the podcast is brought to you by aha i'm all about the wahater but not just any wahater the kind with zero calories you know i need the electra and you know i love the fruit flavor aha that's right aha water you want fruit flahaver They gahat it. Strawberry lemonade, blueberry pomegranate, tropical mahango? the wahata melon peach has 5 grams of prebiotic fiber that aids in digestion and helps support gut health. You like sparkling wahater? They gahat you. Do yourself a fahaver and get some aha wahater today. Tada. Black woman. Beautiful, powerful, resilient female of African descent with skin
0: kissed by the sun. Conversation. A talk, especially an informal one between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So, we created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey Janine. How's your week been? The week was good until Wednesday. Wednesday I got my COVID booster. And my husband got his COVID booster too. So he works at Methodist Sugarland. I got my booster from Methodist West, which is Katie. And for the most part, I thought I was gonna feel fine. I mean, the first shot, I had no symptoms. Like pain at the injection site for a couple of hours. That was it. The second shot. I was down for about, I want to say 18 hours because the next day I had a C-section schedule and I did it and I was fine and I rounded the whole weekend. So I had a fever though after that second one for 18 hours, but then it broke after one dose of Tylenol. I was fine. This one, this, this booster. I have swelling. I don't know if you could see, but there's like a like lump Uh, on my arm and it's like super swollen and it's hot and it's raised and it's red and it's itchy now. So I have that. So I got the booster on Wednesday. I had a fever on Thursday morning that broke with Motrin. So that broke Thursday somewhere around noon. I went to work that afternoon. I felt like death run over twice, but I didn't feel like I had a fever. I was sweating definitely. But didn't feel like I had a fever. And then Friday, I felt like body aches all over. Saturday, I hosted a baby shower, which actually went really well. Friday night, I felt like, okay, maybe I'm back to myself. Saturday, I felt bad again a little bit. But I took Motrin and I was okay. And now this morning, I'm like, congested, if you can hear it. And I'm hurting again. I don't have a fever. That's yep, good. But I did take Motrin. so. If y'all following on Facebook, y'all forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> Come on over to Instagram for a while. Come on over to Instagram. I mean, you should be following on both platforms anyway.
1: Well, that's but either true. way,
0: either way, there's there's a, there's a there's a couple day lapse.
1: Well, I would just like to point out that you are also fully clothed in scrubs, which means that you're I on am, call, even though you call. don't feel well.
0: I'm on call and got called in, and it's funny because I had maybe three phone calls the whole week. And so I was like, oh, this is going to be a really really light call. And it was. So I had to go in. And then my husband had to go in this morning because he's a chaplain. So he had to go in to do somebody's last rites. So he had to go in this morning at like really, really early at like 5 a.m. So luckily, my mom, who's out of town. Oh, okay, She left town last night. All right. So my mom left town last night. And she asked my sister because her kids were over here during the shower because my sister has something to do yesterday. She asked my sister, "Hey, can you just stay the night? Because Nicole has a recorder podcast and James might get called in because he's on call." And I was like, "Ah, you know, he's not going to get called in. You know, it's going to be fine." Da, da da da.
1: And luckily, she stayed. Like luckily, mothers she stayed. Always know, mothers girl. always know. They know, girl. It's like a superpower. Like when you're a mom, you just the superpower. Just like boop. I know this could possibly happen. So let me just prepare for it in advance. Girl,
0: it's been a hectic morning. So um, my child, I don't want to say he doesn't like my sister, but you know, he's two, right? So he's at that like stranger danger age. So he loves the kids. Now the kids are here more than Stacy. So Haley, who fell asleep on the sofa last night, instead of getting in one of the three beds that's open, right? <laughs> <laughs> she goes, I say, wake up, you know, wake up Haley. So Stacy, literally her knee gives out this morning, yeah. coming downstairs. I call her, I'm like, hey, listen, I'm going to put Harrison on the sofa. He's telling me TV on. He wants to watch Coco Melon. He's going to be fine. I'm going to put him there. I got to go record report the podcast. Can you come downstairs? So she's coming and I'm like, you know, it's five till eight, like <laughs> chop, chop, you know? So she, all of a sudden I hear,
1: boom, 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 boom. I'm like,
0: oh my God, are you okay? She's like- My knee just gave out. I'm like, what else, right? What else can happen this morning? So I'm like, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. And so he runs to the stairs thinking, it's Granny Lisa, right? No, it's Stacy. So he's like then slowly inching back, (laughs) grabbing my hand. Not trying to help her. (laughs) No, he's like grabbing my hand, like, don't leave me. And then he's like gripping my hand with like death grip. And so I'm like going over the sofa. I'm like, Haley, Haley, wake up, wake up. I said, tell Harrison, good morning. So she rolls over, good morning. He's like waving at the back of her head. So I'm like, okay, he's going to be fine because Haley's up now and it's going to be fine. So yeah, girl, that's how I had to inch my way back into the room because I had to wake up my
1: 11 year old niece. Lord have mercy, not Harrison backing (sighs) away. away from your sister as if like, ah, there's nothing I can do here. So let me go that way. I tell her she has to come around more. Like he probably only sees
0: her like every couple of months. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. So like when he he sees, when she comes over, yeah, when he comes and she tries not to be like, at one point she was coming over a lot more frequently, but then when they got COVID, like they stopped coming for, you know, like a month, they didn't come. And then the kids came over because I'm like, okay, now y'all got some antibodies. Y'all can come, but you got to swab your I was in the garage and wait 15 minutes. Yeah, that kind of thing. So they would come when she had something to do, but she would be like dropping them off and leaving. Got it. And when she'd come back, he'd be asleep. So.
1: Right. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. So she's looking like, who? He knows who she is, definitely, but. He she not his favorite
1: person. Well, I would look, just like to point out that there are now two Dr. Plenties at the Methodist hospitals, correct?
0: There are. There are different Methodist hospitals though. But mm-hmm. same yep, system though, correct? Same system. But you know, I don't work for Methodist. Oh, so why wait, I don't understand. I have privileges there. Got so it. So, I work for like a company that basically farms us out <laughs> to all these hospitals. Oh, don't have me relive it, oh Lord.
1: Okay, oh. I, we won't go there. I just thought that it was really cool that there are two Dr. Plenty's at the hospital. Girl, anyway. So,
0: what's been going on with you, Janine? Besides your gospel extravaganza
1: <laughs> that you had last night. We did tune well, in during you. the baby shower. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. But um, so the show went well. I got some preliminary numbers back. It went really well. I'm very grateful that it's over because, you know, when you put together a show, you nitpick everything. But, you know. It went well and I'm grateful and now I'm on to my next show that's in 16 days so there's that. And it's not gospel so you know I have to go to the whole other extreme. So I will tell you more about that show when that show is finalized and I'm in the home stretch. But there is a little bit of sad news that I'd like to share. So well first let this is not the sad news, but first my dad got the booster as well and he Is experiencing, I mean, minus the arm swelling thing, but he's experiencing the same thing that you're experiencing. Like, there was a moment where I was like, does he have COVID? Because, I mean, talk about lethargic. It was like 10 minutes to get him to walk from one room to the other. And yes, my dad is 81, but he's very mobile still. So, you know, if it's a long distance, he'll carry a little walking stick. Like he won't carry a cane. Like, you know, that's a little bit, you know, he's still a little vain at 81. But this booster, it's it's given him a little run for his money. And he's getting better now, but he still has that like congestion sound kind of like you're you're describing. But Let me tell you, and here's where the bad news comes in. I'm very, very grateful that you and, you know, my family have gotten the booster because I found out last week that one of my former coworkers passed away from cardiac arrest due to complications of COVID. So another one, Johnny? Yeah. So my my God. And, you know, this particular case was very, very sad because it was like if you could imagine one a person that is one of the nicest, like kindest, most caring people, that was this coworker. You don't really ever expect that. So that was really difficult. But, you know, the the one thing that this past couple of years has taught me is that we have to be very grateful for every moment that we have because we really honestly don't know when it's going to be our last. So there we have it. That pretty much summed up my week. Wish it was more positive, but you know,
0: Life I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, and I probably mentioned it on the show a couple of weeks ago that I had a, I have a friend that lost her husband to COVID. He was the only person not vaccinated in the family. Her whole family got COVID, but all of them were vaccinated. Like even her grandparents got COVID and they were vaccinated. None of them died. Her husband was the only person that did not want the vaccine, did not get vaccinated. And he passed away. And now she's left with an 18 month old. Yikes. To raise by herself. I mean, it's it's real. Like, and I know as much as I complain and as bad as I feel right now, I know I'm not dying from the vaccine. You know, so people are like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you're going to go through this booster." I'm like. Y'all, like COVID is real. I don't want to bring my child home COVID. I don't want to get COVID and be risk being in the ICU or even in the hospital or on oxygen or any like that. Any long-term lung damage. I don't want that. Yeah. We got too much going on. Listen, this if this booster for two days, I'm like, y'all, I I laid on the social media posts, you know,
1: can you even imagine like if I got COVID and I'm out like two months in the hospital, Yeah, no, it'll be horrible. But here's the thing, though. I think that people are still because even me, like I have been exposed to COVID. We've had this conversation numerous times. Right. But I think that people think like it will never happen to me. And I think that we're all a little, you know, guilty of that, thinking that, oh, that's something that happens over there. And I think that, you know, at some point which you would think that two years in we would be at this point, but we are not. At some point, we need to realize that this pandemic is real and it can touch any and everybody if we don't do what we need to do to make sure that we keep ourselves safe.
0: And now to throw a monkey wrench in that thing, our governor came back around and said, oh, you know, if you are, you know, um, anything that's not federally funded, i.e. if Biden ain't over you, you can't mandate the vaccine anymore. How about that? I want Governor Hot Wheels to
1: sit down. Girl, every time there's some news about him, I know that it's going to be negative. And it it literally is the opposite of what they should do to protect you all in Texas. So I don't know what's going on down there. I pray for your safety because, you know, there are a lot of people that I care about that live in Texas. If you leave it up to your governor, all of you all will be gone everyone you can't have an abortion you can't have a vaccine or you shouldn't have a vaccine even though he's vaccinated by the way like he's just a mess like I will be glad when Governor Hot Wheels is done
0: you know how did he get that nickname Governor Hot Wheels because it's not you giving him the nickname it's not it's like all over Uh and I'm like how did he get this nickname Governor Hot Wheels because he's in
1: that wheelchair
0: that's just so wrong
1: Look, you can't be mad at what we call him when he acts the way that he does. You know what I was thinking about? I was thinking
0: about those Hot Wheel cars because I was like trying to put it together. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, (laughs) that's just wrong. Oh,
1: we should cut this out, too. Let's just make note that Janine did not make the nickname. The nickname was given by Twitter and no. um yeah i know cuz they've and been ra- they have been like yeah and i don't actually going feel in. bad for for using the nickname because of how he treats you all so you know what like my best friend says your actions don't come without consequence and his actions are coming with the consequence that Janine is going to continue to call him Governor Hot Wheels. That's all I'm saying.
0: All right, Janine, now that we didn't got probably cursed out by like all the Texans that are Republicans, all the people that are disabled, like let's go on and go through the timeline.
1: You I somehow I- think that the Republicans don't listen to us or if they listen to us, they're just listening to us to rebut what we're saying. But if y'all are mad, don't send us no emails about being mad, unless it's something valid. If you're mad because I call him Governor Hot Wheels, get over yourself. Real talk. We we gonna
0: get you to edit edit this, clean this up real good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Jenny. So, what's on your timeline this week?
1: Okay, so you know that Jeannie Mai has actually been on our timeline for quite some time. And I don't know if you know this, Nicole, but I kind of have like a girl crush on Jeannie. Not like that, but like I've literally been following Jeannie and Mama Mai because I think that they're so funny that, you know, for a while before all of this. So Jeannie's been on our timeline, probably most notably. She's the co-host of The Real, the daytime talk TV show. I think that um, The Real is in like season eight. But prior to this season, in the past seven seasons, Jeannie has been very, very vocal about her decision not to have children. She was especially vocal about this decision when she was married to her first husband, Hollywood Hunter star Freddie Hartes. So she often spoke about how important her decision was to her and how women in general should not be valued based on their ability to have children, but ultimately based on who they are and what they would like to do with their lives, not just be baby factories. But back in 2018, unfortunately, well or fortunately depend on how you look at it, she and Freddie ended up getting a divorce. She talked about it on the show and, you know, everyone, her co-hosts rallied around her. And when she broke into the real audience, she said that the main reason why she was getting a divorce was because her husband decided that he wanted to have kids and she really did not want to have kids. So she thought, you know, now it's time to part ways, which you know how I feel about about a woman's choice to have children. So I got it. I understood it. And I was like, you know, go Jeannie, because that's you know, if. If things change, you should be allowed to say, that's not really what I want with my life, right? So she and Freddie got a divorce over this children issue. And that same year, she began dating Jay Jenkins, who we better know and love as Jeezy. And Maybe I think a little less than two years later in 2020, they became engaged. And just this year, they got married in September. The couple was spotted out. And I don't remember if you remember this, Nicole, but I started sending you pictures of Jeannie and Jeezy at New York Fashion Week. And I was like, I think that she's pregnant. That's when the rumors started swirling, right? At New York Fashion Week events, they were spotted out. You know, in New York Fashion Week, everyone, you have to see what everyone's outfit is, right? Like the outfits are the thing, obviously, because it's Fashion Week. So that's when the rumors began swirling because Jeannie was wearing these like, drapey clothes like she was wearing some suits. But if we know Jeannie has this thing about, you know, she likes to wear fitted, cool, like funky clothes, but she's never given us this weird, like drapey look before. So the rumor started swirling and her former co-host Tamar Braxton even got in on on the rumor mill a little bit. So I personally was not a hundred percent convinced by the, you know, fashion week pictures because, you know, fashions go in and out. So I was like, maybe it's a fashion thing. But I was personally convinced when Garcelle posted a video promoting this new season of The Real and she went to give Jeannie a hug. And Jeannie had on this like button down shirt that kind of went a little bit longer than the average button down shirt. And it just Fit a little interesting. And it looked like the shirt was being filled out a little more than what we're used to Jeannie's figure looking like. So I was like, now I'm almost convinced that she's pregnant now. But again, it's a woman's choice. It's a woman's, you know, choice to decide when she wants to announce it. But not even a week later, in September, I think it was the 20th, if I'm not mistaken, on the season premiere of this season of The Real... She announced that she and Jeezy were expecting their first child together. So, of course, you know, we all kind of thought, wait, she's pregnant? I thought that Jeannie didn't want to have kids. What you may not know is Jeannie also has a YouTube show, right? And I follow it a little obsessively. I love it, by the way. And the YouTube show is called Hello, Honey and... In this show, it's kind of like she uses this as a diary to kind of go over the things that she's going through, what's going on in her life, kind of keep connected to her audience. Right. So this latest episode that she released on Hello, Honey, it was about her decision to change her mind, which You know, someone who is really adamant about about not having kids like myself, I was like, I never thought about the decision to change your mind. Right. Like it's a it's a conscious decision to say, you know what, I have the right to change my mind. So she started off saying people ask her all the time, like, what made you change your mind? Why did you want to have kids? How did all of this happen? Right. And she said that if you had asked her to bet 10 years ago even, she would have bet against herself. She said that this was something that she never thought that she would do in a million years. And she really feels like this is a full circle moment for her. Jeannie said that when she previously said that she didn't want children, it was very definitive. And she meant it. Like this wasn't something that she was playing around with. She really meant that she didn't want to have kids. And she said that she didn't feel like it deserved an explanation to anybody. She didn't feel like she had to explain herself. She just felt like it was her decision and she had the right to have the decision. No explanation needed, which I agree with. And she said that she still feels very protective of women who don't want to have kids because she doesn't like the guilt and the pressure that society put on women to have children. So she said that it's a choice. Like she made it very clear in in this new episode of Hello, Honey, that it's a choice. And she said that, when she was making those definitive remarks about not wanting to have children, she was choosing to work on herself and to better herself. She would rather work on herself and better herself because she said she's already halfway through that process than risk ruining another human being's life. And she said that she was happy with that decision. And then she met Jeezy. And she said that when she met Jeezy, they were both upfront about not really wanting kids. Jeezy already had children. And She was upfront that she didn't want children and she said that it was kind of relieving that there was no pressure there about kids, you know, like there was in her previous relationship. She said that her relationship with Jeezy also helped her to see that prior to this relationship, she never really felt safe. She didn't feel safe, so she didn't really want to bring kids into the world. She was thinking a lot about why she didn't want to bring kids into the world. She said that she didn't trust herself. She didn't trust herself to protect herself. And more importantly, she didn't trust herself to protect someone else. And she said, and she still really does have that fear. But she said, you're always going to have that fear as a parent always, it's always going to be a fear that something is going to happen to your child and you can't protect them. But you have to let the fear go and have to understand where the fear comes from and understand, you know, what happened in your life that that causes the fear. But you have to get past the fear. And she said, you know, she had a plan. But she said, as you all know, as as we all know that you have a plan and then God remind you who's in charge. And then she said, that she's got God on her side so she's not really worrying about the fears anymore at the end of the video which you all have to go watch this but at the end of the video she says now she realizes that she is meant to be a mom so this episode of hello honey is super touching I mean all of the episodes are like you know I don't want to say kind of emotional but it kind of gives you a different um view of of Jeannie. <laughs> But this one was particularly touching and it kind of tugged on my heartstrings. So I'll post a link so that people can see it and you know see how they can get to it. But I loved it surprisingly as someone who doesn't want to have children I I thought that it made a lot of sense her explanation not that she does that not that she owed anyone an explanation, but I feel like the explanation that she gave was perfect. Now, Nicole, I know that you love the babies. What do you think?
0: So a couple of things uh, came to mind and I watched the clip and I just, one, I wonder if she changed her mind and they both said, let's try to have a baby. Or if he got lost in the sauce, she married a real one. And so she was like, let me go ahead and have this baby me gonna have had a student's paper. i do have an answer for you they did ivf so they intend oh so they intentionally did this absolutely. okay I think that her ex-husband is probably looking like, what? But again, she didn't feel secure enough with him. Okay. And so that's why I say, oh, it takes a real one. Absolutely. For you to feel secure. But the thing that came to mind thinking about this, like change your mind situation is she went into the marriage saying she didn't want any kids. He went into the marriage saying, I don't want any more kids. I already have my own, my own kids or our kids by previous marriage. Right. And then she changed her mind. What if he wasn't down with that? You know, because y'all basically went into the union with an, an agreement. And now you've changed your mind. The good thing about their relationship is they're both they're both willing to flex, right? So she changed her mind or maybe he did. I don't know who changed their mind first, but either way, a conversation was had. They changed their mind together. They got on the same page and decided to have a baby, which is beautiful. But what happens when you change your mind and the other person doesn't change their mind? They're like, this was the deal. Or when... You agree to have children and then you change your mind and say you don't want them. So there are different things that can happen with that whole change your mind type of thing. And a woman does have the right to change her mind. But I do think that you can't expect for people to be OK with your right to change your mind. <laughs> and and yes, a woman has a right and you're not here just to bear children. Like that is not our sole purpose here on earth. I do believe that's not our purpose. Um, and I think we should be respected and valued for whatever we choose. But that whole I'm unsure type of thing, and I'm going to change my mind later, can get people in a world of trouble when it comes to a relationship because you have to, one, I feel like when you get married, you really need to make sure you know yourself and know who you're marrying. And you're not going to 100% know who you're marrying, but know them enough to know how flexible they are to change and what their deal breakers are and how flexible you are to those specific deal breakers. Okay, and if kids are a deal breaker and you change your mind and you want kids, that becomes problematic. It does. Yeah, it can become real sticky. But so I'm glad that they both had the flexibility to grow with each other in the short amount of time that they've been together.
1: Yeah, it kind of almost sounds like they had a a different level of spiritual connection because the way that she and I don't want to give out like too much of the Hello Honey episode because it's really good and you all should watch it. Right. But it basically the way that she describes it, it's almost like she said that there was a shifting in her and she never said anything because, you know, she had already kind of been down this road it's implied she doesn't really say that but she was like there was a shifting and she kept it to herself and then something shifted I guess in him and they started to have conversation about it and they both started seeing little ones as she put it in their future I think that there's something to be said about feeling comfortable and safe in bringing kids into this world and I'm happy that they've made the decision to have to have kids because she said that she was meant to be a mom. Well, I, I think it's great
0: when couples, you know, have that flexibility to, to grow and figure out and accommodate one another if their desires change. I think that that's That's great. Let's talk through some scenarios. Why don't we? Let's do it. All right. So the first letter I have removed the name from because this is the sensitive issues we're talking about today. So this first letter says, Nicole and Janine, please help me process this to make sense of my life because I'm really confused and I'm not sure what to do next. My husband and I have been married now for four years and together for eight. He's 46 years old and I'm 36. He has two kids through a previous marriage and I have none. When we first started Dating, I expressed to him that I loved kids and wanted children of my own one day. Over the years, I helped him co-parent his kids, often picking them up after school, going to games, giving dating advice, etc. You know, stepmom stuff, especially since I've been around since they were 10 and 12 years old. Before we got married, we had the conversation of kids again. He was all for having one or two kids with me, but revealed that he had a vasectomy. Initially, I was hurt that he didn't tell me sooner, but he was okay if we needed to go through a fertility specialist. So I was okay with it. We made an appointment for a consult to know our options, which were promising. So I was fine with that. We talked about waiting two years after we got married to get pregnant because I wanted time for us to travel and grow as newlyweds. So we went ahead and froze my eggs and a few embryos. Once the two-year mark of our marriage hit, he wanted to wait another year because his job gave him a promotion. Our fertility specialist said that was fine because we already had frozen embryos. Now we're at year number four. We were all set to move forward with IVF. My husband now has a set schedule as chief architectural engineer at his firm, and I just hired an associate to help offset my load with my pediatric dental practice. The night before the appointment, my husband kneels beside the bed and tells me he doesn't want any more kids. He said he's getting older and doesn't want to, quote, start over. He likes our relationship as is. I broke down crying and told him I've always wanted kids and feel incomplete without my own. However, he said he was sorry, but he doesn't feel like kids fit into our lives anymore. I don't know how he expects me to accept this. For me I think this is a deal breaker.
1: Please help. I'm not sure what to do. Okay, so there's a lot in this letter. So I would be interested to know a couple of things. How old these other kids are that he has?
0: Well, you know, they started dating when they were 10 and 12. So that she's been around since 10 and 12 and now they've been in a relationship for 8 years. For 8 years. So
1: they're grown essentially, right? So so at this point they're 8 they're 18 and 20. So his kids are grown. So On one hand, I kind of understand why he doesn't want to start over, but I get why this is a deal breaker. Your husband came into this marriage. He told you that he had a vasectomy late into your relationship, which he probably should have given you that information sooner. And even after he told you that he had a vasectomy, he said that he was still willing to have children, which is how you all ended up freezing the embryo coming from a person who has feelings very strong feelings the opposite direction i agree if this is a deal breaker for you you have to do what's best for you and you don't want to continue in and i'm not telling you to divorce your husband because i'll never advocate for people to get a divorce because that's something that's very personal and it's a decision that you have to make on your own but if this is something that you know that's going to make you feel incomplete and it's it's something that you know is going to be looming over your head and your relationship, it's going to cause problems in the future. So you really have to evaluate whether you your marriage is more important to you or your desire to be a mom is more important to you. And if you weigh those options and your desire to be a mom is more important, then you should probably start the process of moving on, and you know, separating yourself from from your husband because you don't want to look up and you've spent another four or five years in this this uh, marriage and realize that you don't want to be there and you don't want to be in this marriage. You resent your husband because he did not allow you to become a mother. So, I mean, I wish that I had better advice for you, or I wish I had like a magic wand that I could like fix it and help you change your husband's mind. But if he really adamant about not having children and you really, really want to have children, then this might not be the relationship for you. And in addition to that, I'm going to reference Nicole's Pregnancy Pearls. And if you don't listen to Pregnancy Pearls, you should probably go listen to this. She did an episode about freezing your embryo. And one of the things on the episode that I distinctly remember is Nicole's guest um, said that if you freeze an embryo, you have to have consent to then utilize the embryo from the father. So you can't even divorce him and still use that embryo. So you might have to start this process all over again. And you said that you're 36, you're not super, you know, you're not super advanced maternal age, but you're kind of, you know, approaching. Um, So I think that you probably should make a decision. And if motherhood is something that you really, really want, I think that that's what you should pursue.
0: What do you think, Nicole? I think that her husband is trash, and I say that because, and and I'm I, I'm I, I'm real sensitive about this kind of stuff. And you know, usually I'm the person that sort of treads a little lighter with this, like trying to be a little bit diplomatic. Yeah, you. Are. And I'm just like, I just this is just to piss poor trash. Mm. Is all I got to say, because this girl told you up front that she she wanted children. You got to run it around town, picking up your children. Like I understand, like when you're in a marriage with they've been married four years now. Right. You are the stepmom. So you have some responsibilities, but she's probably been doing this since even before they got married to help him and make sure he's getting his promotions. But when he can't make the game, she's making the games. When he can't go pick up his own kids, she's picking up picking up kids, probably baking cupcakes too. Girl, she's put in work to help co-parent these children to make sure they become successful adults. And I'm sure that they are. And now you mean to tell me, although I've put in this work for eight years to help you with your children, so your children can have three responsible parents. That's assuming that the mother is still alive. The the ex-wife is still alive, but at least two, you now allow me to go through this process. And then you're going to tell me you don't want kids. Like, I think that people, when we say, when we talk about IVF, we talk about it as if it's like, oh, just going to go get IVF and like, you know. Move on and have a baby. Like, no, like IVF is hard. Like, you're taking hormone injections. You have to, like, get all these labs done. Everything has to be perfectly timed. You're taking off work. She's a pediatric dentist. She's probably taking time off now twice at least to go through the hormones and then the egg retrieval and then creating embryos and freezing them and getting them tested. Like, it is a lot. Financially, it's a lot. And emotionally, it's overwhelming to have all these hormones injected into you to cause you to ovulate, to then go and get a needle stuck into you, to have a probe in your vagina while they're looking at these eggs being retrieved. I mean, it is a, it's a daunting process. And to allow her to go through the process, you've frozen some embryos, so you have babies on ice right now. And then to say, sorry, I don't want you to use these. If her appointment is the next day, then that means that she's already on hormone injections. So you already have me putting my life at risk because those hormone injections are not like, oh, they're just injections. Like, no, they can cause ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome. They can cause you to have some complications. And because you guys have gone through the process of egg and embryo freezing before, two years before, you know that it's a complicated process. And now she's starting that process over getting her body ready to have an implantation and you gonna kneel beside the bed and say, I don't want any more kids. Like it's makes me want to run him over with a Mack truck.
1: Not a Mack truck though, Nicole. <laughs>
0: listen, I said what I said because it's it's emotionally, it's a lot to process. And I could see if both of them talked and she was like, I'm only doing this because my husband wants kids. Mm-hmm. You know, he really wants a child by me. I don't mind a child, but you know, my husband wants kids so I can do it. So if he knelt beside and said, you know, this is too much for my wife. I, listen, babe, you don't have to do this. Like I don't want kids. And they, and, and they both were fine. Then it's okay. But you knew this woman wanted kids. Like in this letter, she brought up two times that she talked to you at the beginning of your relationship and then had the, you know, had the knowledge, had the common sense to say, let me readdress this issue one more time before we get married. Let us make sure we go to a console before we get married to make sure that this is even an option. Right. Because now I realize this, this, this dude then got snipped. So let me make sure that this is even an option. Let me test your sperm and get make sure before I sign these papers.
1: That's smart on her part. I agree. That planning that we were talking about, she did what she was supposed to do. She did what she was supposed to do. And now you want to renege? I don't agree.
0: What is making, you know, he's comfortable. You know, people get comfortable. They like their lives how it is. They want their little trophy wife. They like the fact that they're power cup. I mean, people have their reasons for liking where they are, and that's fine. If you went into that marriage saying, hey, I'm not going to want kids, or even if before they went through the process, he said, listen. I just want to, as you know, I, I'm thinking I've changed my mind. Like, don't make her go through a whole right. procedure and then change your mind.
1: Yeah, that's that's kind of where he lost me. Like, that's where I'm like, I'm trying to be nice. But like he lost me with the why did you change your mind? Number one. And then number two, it's why did you wait until I not only put my body through all of this, but I paid the money for it because it's not cheap.
0: No, I'm talking about 20,000, 20, 25. It's expensive. And what are you going to do with the emperor Now, ethically, there's a lot. You can donate your embryos, but then it's like somebody else walking around with the child you want. The only good thing in this is that she's 36. I don't hear anything about health conditions. She also was smart enough to also freeze some eggs and not get all of them fertilized. So if she wanted to wait a little longer and use her eggs and get them fertilized, she could, or she could just get with somebody that hadn't had a vasectomy. And have a child naturally. Like she could literally move on without him, you know, get pregnant. There's nothing to stop her from getting pregnant naturally. Her next serious relationship, she can get pregnant and or or she can get married and wait till she gets married and have a child naturally. And then she has trouble. Then they can go through IVF and she already has eggs that are on ice that are from when she was, when she's 36 now, 34. So those are considered lower risk eggs. She was not advanced maternal age when she got those retrieved. Very smart. And she can get, IVF that way if she wanted to. She could and she doesn't have to use these embryos. But embryos do have a slightly higher success rate for implantation and a successful pregnancy than frozen eggs because they have to be thawed twice, right? If you want to get pre- you want to get genetic testing on them. So that's the thing about the whole frozen eggs versus embryo thing. So I just hate this. I hate this for her. And uh it would it would be a deal breaker for me too. The first thing I would definitely tell you, well, now that's be the second thing because I told you your husband was number trash girl. <laughs> but uh, but let's take that back. Okay. Let's say maybe he's just being a little indecisive. So like
1: like don't don't go indecisive back to Decisive and inconsiderate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very Maybe he is emotionally overwhelmed because now he's like, oh my God, like what? Am I ready to be a dad again? Am I ready to start over? Am I ready for the sleepless nights? So maybe he's just a little anxious, okay? And maybe that's why. Because I mean, he's went through everything. He has nothing to do. He don't have to give any more sperm. He has nothing to do. He's already done the hard work, which is why I'm like, what? You already have embryos. So I would say uh, definitely go to counseling, talk to someone and really figure out that root cause of why all of a sudden are we so comfortable that we think that We cannot experience a little discomfort with a newborn for a temporary period of time, especially if you've gone through it already. Like what in your history makes you now uncomfortable? So I think that you should go to counseling. I would say start there. Don't go and up and divorce your husband. Go to counseling first. See if this is something that you guys can talk through, work through and come to a solution. But I don't think you should compromise what you want for that solution.
1: I agree. I would skip the counseling personally, just because I know you gonna say that. And here's the thing. I'm a proponent for counseling and I'm a proponent for keeping your marriage together if you can. But this has like a it has some underlying deceit here for me. So there's a lot that needs to be worked through. And I feel like I, I don't know about you, but for me, the older that I get, the less patience I have to sit and listen to someone work through their problems. And it's who's to say that after you go to counseling, his mind is going to change. It could just be like, now I'm more confident in my decision not to want to have kids. So I don't know. If you feel like counseling will work, then by all means, take Nicole's advice and go to counseling. But for me, the underlying deceit of him not initially telling you up front that he had a vasectomy, of him suddenly changing his mind after you've been through this whole process, to me, there's something that's missing in this story that you probably are not privy to that. I'm not sure that counseling can help, but if you feel like it could, then by all means go to counseling. I just feel like why keep wasting money on this man who clearly is not on the same page as you. That's just my thought process. Okay, Janine. So what's your letter read? Mine says, hi, ladies. I'm really interested to get your opinion on my situation. I feel like I know what you're going to say, but I wanted to write in anyway. So I'm 48 years old and my husband is 60. My husband has four children from two prior marriages and I don't have any. When we first got married 10 years ago, I told him that I didn't want any children and it was true. I didn't. And now that we're 10 years in, my feelings about children have changed. It's like a switch flipped when we hit year 10. My question is, should I tell my husband that I now want children or is this just a midlife crisis that I should keep to myself? Thanks for reading this, Carolyn. Okay, so I guess I don't understand the
0: question because should you now tell your husband that you want children? Of course, like you go. Who else you have? Like who else you gonna have children with if you want them? But so yes, you have to tell your husband that you want children. Otherwise, you would just be trapping him, right? Like you go have a baby and trap him, but. I think it's very important to make sure that your relationship is intact for that child if you want to have a child. OK, so, yes, if you change your mind and you want to have children, you should talk to your husband and you should make sure he's on the same page. And then if you guys are on the same page, then you move forward. Now, if you're like, listen, I want kids and he doesn't want kids then you're in the same th- then you're in the same boat as the other person and you need to uh, the other uh, other listener you need to go to counseling to make sure that you're processing why you now all of a sudden want children like what is that for you and why he doesn't okay really why you want to have them now, because y'all went into it thinking you weren't going to have it. Am I, am I thinking right? Y'all, they went into it thinking they did not want to have children. Right? Absolutely.
1: And now they're 48 okay. and 60.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah, you have to, you have to tell your husband. My thing is I have patients that are in their you know, early fifties, right? So it's never too late. If you have a period, please just but my face right now. Your face looks like
1: really Really be? In your early fifties? Yeah, I do. Nicole, do not encourage this lady to wait until she's in her early fifties to have babies, please. Well, she's
0: forty-eight. I so know. so I mean, she'll be in her late forties. So I'll say this your advanced paternal age, you have a high risk of having a baby with a genetic problem. Your husband is now advanced paternal age. I can't judge somebody's desires. Okay. And my thing is if you want a child. Really explore if you want a child, but you got to go and tell your husband that you want a child and you might have a little trouble getting pregnant, which means that you're going to probably have to see a specialist to get pregnant at 48. Have I said have people that get pregnant naturally? Well, yeah, but a lot of people in their 40s have a lot of trouble getting pregnant. And so you're going to need to see a specialist and then they're going to want to know if you want to use donor sperm or your husband's sperm. And that's if 60. Hugh Hefner. We learned that on Pregnancy Pearls. Hugh I Hefner. I understand, but just Jesus. Had toddlers when he died. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's assuming the quality of the sperm is okay. I mean, 60. 60- is getting a little up there when it comes to sperm donation. But now there's nothing to say that you can't get pregnant on your own, but you do have a higher risk of complications. And maybe this is just something that you're going through, you know, like you're seeing a whole bunch of kids. And at this age, you're probably seeing people with their grandchildren, you know, their brand new grandchildren. Um, and so you're getting the urge to say, man, I don't have any grandkids to spoil or I wish I would have had kids. Now And I think my time has passed. Well, if you want a child and your husband's on the same page, then figure out what your options are. And you can always foster a child or adopt a child if your husband's on the same page. Okay. Husband on the same page. Key phrase. Okay. But yeah, you got to talk to your husband. Like, that's not even a question for
1: me. Nicole. I want to agree with you because you're the expert in this pregnancy. I went pregnancy pearls on you. I went pregnancy pearls on you. But I just. okay. so first of all, Carolyn, only you can tell us whether this is a midlife crisis or not. Let's be honest. You're asking us, is this a midlife crisis? We don't know. We're not inside of your brain. How are we supposed to tell you if you're going through a midlife crisis? Maybe you should talk to your therapist about that because neither Nicole nor I are therapists. Nicole is probably closer to giving you some very good therapy advice than I am because she's a doctor. But no, I don't think you want to ask us if you're going through a midlife crisis. Did you wake up in the morning and say, hmm, I want a new Corvette and this Corvette is now a baby somehow? Or are you going through something? Did something change drastically in your life? Like ask yourself those kinds of questions and maybe you will come up with your own answer. Right. You said that you thought that you knew what we were going to say. I hope that you thought it was this because I'm a little confused. So once you decide, though, Carolyn, once you decide if this is a midlife crisis or not, you only have really two options. The first option is you tell your husband and you begin preparing for a child because, you know, if you tell your husband, I would hope that he would be on the same page as you. And then you all can begin preparing for a child. But you need to kind of hurry up and do this because, as Nicole said, you're at advanced maternal age and your husband is 60, girl. 60. And while Nicole likes to cite Hugh Hefner, Hugh Hefner passed away with toddlers that will never experience their father. So that's also something that you have to consider in this. And then the second option is finding a hobby. If this is a myth, if you ask yourself, is this a midlife crisis? And you think, you know what, I'm just going through something I don't really want kids. It's just something that's kind of a fleeting thought in my mind. Girl, go find yourself a new hobby. Go buy yourself something expensive. Go find something that you want to volunteer for. But keep your mind occupied so you don't keep thinking about these children that you don't want to really have. So, Carolyn, I'm going to tell you that you need to look within and you need to ask yourself, is this something that's a fleeting feeling, emotion, desire? Or is this something that I really want to do? Because your husband already has Four children. If I were your husband, I wouldn't want no more kids at 60 after I already don't have four. That's just me. But men are different, and I can't pretend like I know how men think. If you decide that you want to have children, get on the process. And I would say, go start following Pregnancy Pearls with Dr. Pliny right now because you're going to need it. You're 48, he's 60, you need the help. Well, and I always also should say, I would also say,
0: go hang with some people that have kids. OK, because people that don't want kids that are around me, like they love Harrison. And then they're like, girl, I'm glad I can go home. I'm just saying like that is like if you are like, oh, my God, I could me, deal with that. Me,
1: I am people. I am people. <laughs>
0: Janine is people. And my son loves Janine. And I'm like, and I love so Harrison. With
1: I love so Harrison, with but I love Harrison because Harrison belongs to you. Yeah.
0: If you're somebody that says, you know what? I like my life. I don't know if I want to sacrifice that piece. Go be around somebody with little kids, not not like 14, 15 year olds, Absolutely. not those independent kids, but like little kids that need you to change a diaper. Okay. Go and be around those people for a little while. And then if you still have that urge, then maybe this is like a real thing. There are a lot of people that once they get in their mid 40s and they don't have kids, they do regret not having kids. A lot of people do that thing. So you do have to make sure you are exploring all of your possibilities if you, in fact, want children. But we can't tell you if you for real, you really want kids or not.
1: Yeah. And, but on the other side of that, though, Carolyn, you don't want to make a permanent decision based on a very temporary feeling because having kids is a very permanent decision. Can't take it back. All right, Janine. So what did you learn new this week? According to a Forbes article that came out in 2020, but it, it's very relevant because I don't think that there are any updated you know, facts. The average age of women having their first child has increased from the age of 21 to 26 and the average age of men having their first child has increased from 27 to 31. And three out of five women were willing to delay their family until they reached their desired career goals. And then on morning consult, I found a very interesting statistic. It said that 15% of millennials say that they're less interested in having kids since the pandemic. And three in five, much like the statistic I just said, say that they don't want to have kids because kids are too expensive.
0: What did you learn new
1: this week, Nicole?
0: So I learned that 29% of women who are 30 to 34 years old don't have kids. And by the time they're 35 to 39, 20% don't have kids either, okay? If you have, which I thought this statistic would actually be higher. If you have a master's degree or higher, you compose 22% of that 20%. And I thought that it would be like 80%. Because people are delaying having children. But I I was surprised that it it was it was that low. Now, of all uh, American households, 57 percent are childless. Let that sink in. Real world handmaid's tale right here. Okay, 57 percent of American households childless. I'm not surprised. At all. All right, Janine. So are you ready for the motivational moment for the week? Yes, ma'am. And it reads, if you can't stop thinking about it, don't stop working for it. If your dream is to have a child, explore all of your options and work for that dream like you're working to get your degree, even if that means getting a new study partner. Until we meet again, pray, work, slay, and show off your melanated excellence. Bye." Bye! Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson-Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at oh, that's deep BWC. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations